Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Well, welcome back, Truth Seekers. This is our second installment of a brand new show on A Measure of Truth, King Street with Christopher King. This is a show dedicated to informing and educating you on prospering in the new economic downturn or digging yourself out of your own personal crisis. Either way, you've got questions? Well, Christopher King and King Street has answers. Welcome back, Christopher, to King Street. And I unmuted the wrong one. Christopher, are you there now? <laughs> yes, I am. Michael, how are you doing today? Okay. Great, great. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. And uh, I'm really excited because this show is starting to really build up some momentum. Um, the numbers have been great, and apparently people are just really interested in the information that you have to share. What do you have for us this week? Well, I'm very excited about this week's show. As you know, last week we talked about home buyers and what programs were available for them. This week we're going to pretty much focus mostly on the homeowners and talking about uh, selling a home in this particular market, if that's what a homeowner is doing, is that the right or best strategy for right now, as well as what available programs for homeowners who may be actually facing foreclosure, as well as just talking about uh, the settlement or the process from an attorney's perspective of what homeowners, what options are available for homeowners out there that may be in foreclosure or thinking about selling their home. So this is going to be a very exciting show providing solutions to homeowners this time. Wow. Well, I see the phone lines are lit up. And um, so who do you have for us first? Well, before we get into the show, I'd mm-hmm. like to uh, bring up our uh, resident mortgage lender, uh, Jerry Brown from McLean Mortgage, to talk about the mortgage moment. 
Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, Jerry. How about yourself? Doing great. Would you mind introducing yourself and your company uh, to our listeners? Uh, my name is Jerry Brown, and I'm a senior loan officer with McLean Mortgage. Okay, great, Jared. Just want to, can you give us a uh, quick wrap-up as far as what are the current market interest rates right now? Well, the 30-year interest rate uh, for an FHA loan is ranging between, you know, 4.75% to 5%, depending on the lender that you decide to go with, and if you are paying um, any points or going with the zero-point option. Um, then there's the 15-year option, which is right around, 4.125 to, to basically four and a quarter percent, um, depending on which option you go with. And the other thing, Chris, is moving forward as rates start to increase, one of the options that people may want to look at is going with uh, an arm. Um, I know they have a, a pretty much a bad name in the industry, but it is a way to reduce your interest rate and save some money. Now, when you say that arm, I, yeah, that does bring a lot of uh, fear to people nowadays because of what that's done. Could you explain the difference between uh, how this arm would work as opposed to the arms that work that uh, people had problems with in the past? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing is um, understanding the time frame that you need uh, or would like to save money. You know, anywhere from three years to five years could change a, a lot of situations. So, for example... Um, you could go with the five-year arm, which would be fixed for five years. Um, and right now, that current interest rate is somewhere between 3.75% and 4%, which would dramatically reduce someone's mortgage payment. Now, again, just for our uh, listeners who are new and don't really understand this mortgage terminology that we're utilizing, can you please explain what the arm is and what are some of the um, things they should be knowledgeable about and concerned about as it relates to an arm mortgage? Yes. So... Basically, an ARM loan is an adjustable rate mortgage, meaning that the interest rate can change. So depending on the type of loan that you have, the interest rate would change after a particular fixed period. So you have uh, 3-1 ARMs, you have 5-1 ARMs. Uh, the, mo the safest ARM right now available is an FHA loan um, or an FHA ARM. So, for example, if you have a 5-1 uh, FHA arm, that means it's fixed for five years at the interest rate that you locked in and that it can be adjustable uh, each year, depending on what the interest rates are currently doing in the market. So one of the things, the most important piece about an arm loan is understanding how much that loan can adjust in a one-year um, time frame or whatever that adjustment period if it's a conventional loan, you can actually it can actually be adjustable every six months. So you need to understand what the floor is for that particular loan and also what the ceiling is to understand how much that loan can adjust. Okay. And now uh, let me ask you this. Now, if a home buyer wanted to come in and talk about having an OR mortgage, all that information is explained to them in full detail so that they're, they're pretty much clear this time around as far as how those adjustment periods and how much the adjustment uh, interest rate would be? Now, it should be, depending on the loan officer, of course, but it should be explained up front so that the customer understands uh, what they're getting and what they're moving forward with. Now, the thing about it is with some of the first-time homebuyer programs, such as the Prince George's County My Home Program, they will not allow arms um, along with the down payment assistance programs. So those programs are pretty much for 30 or fixed um, loans. So it, it really depends on the customer. Uh, normally, I don't recommend it uh, for a first-time home buyer. Most of the time, um, if this if the arm topic does come up in the conversation, is for a, a customer that's purchasing, you know, the second time or third time around so that they really have an understanding of the loan program. You know, when you're a first-time home buyer, don't get me wrong, it would help being uh, having that lower mortgage payment, but in addition to that, you're faced with so many different um, situations when you're purchasing the home that sometimes it could be a little bit overwhelming and you don't want to really add any other frustration um, to the, the process. Okay. Well, great advice. Uh, what would you say is the uh, interest rate, for homeowners who actually may be interested in refinancing? 
Uh, if you're refinancing, if you're pretty much looking at a 30-year fix, depending on whether it's FHA or conventional, you may be ranging anywhere from 4.75 to 5%. Um, if it's a 15-year mortgage, uh, you would be reducing the term of your amortization, but uh, you would be anywhere from 4.125 to 4.25%. Now, if they're looking to move into an arm, for example, a 5-1 arm, uh, on an FHA loan would be 3.75% to 4%. And on conventional, it drops down as low as 3.5%. But, of course, with conventional, you will need a lot of equity in your home. Okay. And just to um, add some clarity to this, if a homeowner has a current arm, uh, conventional arm, for example, would they be allowed or able to uh, refinance into an FHA arm? Uh, yes. So as long as there are not any uh, prepayment penalties on that conventional arm, then, yes, you would be able to refinance into an FHA loan, um, FHA loan or FHA arm loan, depending on, you know, of course, the situation, because everybody's situation is different. But you should have the opportunity to refinance into that loan. And what would be the eligibility requirements that a homeowner must meet to be able to refinance their uh, mortgage to an FHA loan? So they would need, of course, the qualifying credit score for us is 640. Um, and then as far as the equity is concerned, they would need at least 15% equity in the property. Um, if they're not getting any cash out of the loan um, or of the, of the property, and it's just what's known as a rate and term, which will reduce the rate and term on the mortgage, then we can actually take the, inter take the, uh, the loan to value up a little bit higher. Okay, now you said you mentioned credit score. Uh, could a homeowner who's actually behind on their mortgage but have the credit score, would they be able to refinance into an FHA loan? Normally, we would only allow them to to be uh, one time late in the last twelve months, and that's only on specific situations. Normally, it's going to have to have no late payments within the last tw uh, twelve months. So the answer to your question is normally no. Okay, because when uh, you know, essentially what happens is when you have a late mortgage payment, it dramatically uh, decreases your credit score. Okay. And uh, one final question, Jared. What would you say is the average uh, or what's the allotted amount of time that a homeowner uh, or a previous homeowner who has maybe suffered a short sale or, or foreclosure, how long would it take for them to be um, eligible to receive a mortgage loan again as far as amount of time is concerned? So for uh, the quickest amount of time would probably be three years that they would have to wait, and then they could go into an FHA loan. Um, now, there are some instances where exceptions can be made, but uh, it's only a few exceptions being made with those scenarios. Um, and then with veterans loans, you could actually be uh, two years. So the time would be a little bit less. Um, essentially a year less, but uh, you would still have, you know, still have to wait some time. Okay. And I just received a uh, question that came across my chat line that I wanted to ask before I let you go, Jerry, and that is, uh, is a homeowner who is currently, who is not currently behind their mortgage, are they eligible to allow themselves to um, do a short sale, and will that have any negative impact on them as far as purchasing another property are they held to those same three-year criteria as well if they sell their house yeah. to a, a short sale? Okay. So normally with most lenders, if you're going to do a short sale uh, to be approved, unless you have, um, I guess, a lot of help in getting the short sale approved, you know, via an attorney or someone, someone that understands the short sale process, it also could be a real estate agent. But normally you – would have, have missed uh, at least one mortgage payment. And the thing about it is most lenders look at a short sale as if it is a foreclosure. Um, and in that sense, if you're trying to get a new loan, you will have to wait three years unless there is some type of um, exception made um, in the situation. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jared. Would you mind saying your uh providing our listeners your contact information so they can contact you if they have any other future questions? Oh, sure. 
Um, and again, I'm Jerry at Brown. I'm a senior loan officer with McLean Mortgage Corporation. Um, my phone number is 301-221-8565. Again, 301-221-8565. And my email address is jbrown at jerriet, which is spelled J-E-R-R-I-E-T-T-B-R-O-W-N.com. Thank you very much for the mortgage moment, Jared, and you have a great day. And, again, thank you for being on King Street. All right. Thank you. Well, our next guest that we wanted to bring out, because Jared mentioned about talking to a settlement attorney or an attorney about uh, dealing with the foreclosure, we want to bring an attorney on board. And we're very excited to have a, uh, a very knowledgeable and experienced attorney on board by the name of Nancy Gooseman. Welcome to King Street, Nancy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Glad to be here. How you doing? Great, great to have you. Would you mind uh, telling our listening audience uh, who you are, giving a little quick background about sure. you and your company? My name is Nancy Gusman. I'm an attorney. I've been practicing real estate transactional work for approximately 25 years, and I'm currently associated with the law firm of the Montero Law Group in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay, excellent. Now, we have a few questions we want to discuss about uh, possible solution for homeowners as it relates to uh, short sales, uh, foreclosures, if they're behind on their mortgage. And I know that uh, we in the industry take a, a liberty with thinking that people understand those terminologies and differences between short sales and foreclosures. So before we really get into the actually deep questions, I'd like to just ask you a few simple questions, if you wouldn't mind defining the difference between a uh, short sale and a foreclosure and how, that, how they differ in that context. Okay. Well, a short sale is when you sell your property for less than the amount that you owe on it. So maybe you have a total mortgage debt of $400,000, but you can't sell the property for um, any more than $300,000. So now you're short $100,000, and your creditors agree to accept less than what they're owed in order for you to be able to sell the house. A foreclosure is when the bank actually goes through a, um, a, a legal process to to take the ownership of the property away from you. At that point in time, the legal process is com- completed and you no longer have any rights to your property. You're just simply out. Okay. Now, uh, what would be some pros from a homeowner uh as far as going with a short sale as opposed to the foreclosure? Is there any pros and cons? Well, it's going to depend on the person's specific situation. Um, I always recommend that before deciding what to do, if you're in trouble on your mortgage, if your house is upside down, you can't make your mortgage payments, um, you have to move for some reason or another, I always recommend that you consult first and foremost with an attorney. And after you have met with an attorney, you may end up wanting to consult also with a tax professional and a financial advisor. A foreclosure is probably the worst thing that can happen to somebody from a credit standpoint. Having a foreclosure on your credit indicates um, an intention to walk away from an obligation. And that's why it takes so long before you can apply for a new mortgage um, because it really makes it look like you're irresponsible, regardless of what the reasons were as to why you ended up in foreclosure. Um, a short sale can be beneficial because, it's again, it's not as bad as a foreclosure, and it's showing an attempt to get out from under um, your obligations responsibly, but all of your assets may be at risk. So if you have money saved up for your kids to go to college or for your daughter's wedding or for um, various other things that you might be saving money for, those assets may be at risk because the bank may be able to um, take those assets as partial satisfaction of the debt where the house was not able to meet that. So, And then on top of it, there are tax implications to whatever you decide to do you may end up having to pay taxes on any amount of debt that the lender forgave 
because once that debt is forgiven, it's considered income, and it may be taxable depending on your circumstances. Okay. Now, I know you said quite a bit there, and just to make it um, palatable to my listening audience, let's take let's back up for a second. Let's really focus on one at a time. Let's focus on a short sale. Okay. So they decide that a short sale is their solution. And you said that, give an example of a property being, um, they owe $400,000, and they actually do a short sale, or a lender approves them for a short sale for $300,000. Mm-hmm. Now, where were that difference? How is that difference between that $300,000, that $400,000, that $100,000 difference? How is that treated and how is it handled? Uh, well, it's going to depend on your circumstances, again, and it's going to depend on the lender that we're dealing with. Um, in most instances, what the lenders will do in today's market is they will forgive part of it and they will require the homeowner to sign a promissory note unsecured for the other part of that amount of money. So typically, um, again, it's going to be circumstantial, but typically we see that the lenders will maybe forgive 30 to 30, I'm sorry, they'll forgive maybe 65 to 75% of the debt and then require the um, homeowner to sign a note for the other 30 to 35% of the, de- of the debt. And, which, and then they make these note payments without interest, usually over 10 to 20 years, so they're fairly easy to make the payments, 100 or $200 a month, and, um, and then they're got, that person's going to be obligated to make the, those payments. Um, on top of it, you now have approximately $70,000 in our example that was forgiven debt. Well, depending on your circumstances and depending on whether or not you meet certain qualifications, that $70,000 worth of debt may be considered taxable income. Hmm, okay. And how would a taxable income be treated? Um, to the best of my knowledge, it's treated as regular income. Okay. All right. Now, uh, taking into consideration that a homeowner does go with the short sale option, uh, sounds like there's some uh, pretty uh, that sounds pretty straightforward as a process concern. Would you know the eligibility requirements, or in other words, uh, can a homeowner just choose to do a short sale, or is there any, uh, something more involved from that well, concept? The, the lender's going to require the homeowner to show some reason. Um, why they need to sell the property. So they're going to ask for what they call a hardship letter, showing why you can't make the mortgage payments and why you have to sell the property. In most instances, the people can't make their mortgage payments any, anymore for, for one reason or another. Maybe they had an adjustable rate mortgage and the interest rate went up to a point where they can't afford the payments. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe their salary has been cut. Um, and they can't make those same mortgage payments anymore. And that's how that's what most people are experiencing who sell their properties short. However, there are those people who need to move for some reason. Maybe they got transferred to another state um, for, for work, and now they have to move and they can't sell their house for what they owe on it. In those instances, you can apply with your lender for a short sale, and you just need to be able to prove to them that, you can't make the you can't make their, that mortgage payment and pay for some place to live wherever it is you're going at the same time. Um, again, as Jerry pointed out, most lenders are going to look for you to miss a, at least one payment before they're going to be willing to talk to you. And the main reason for that is that they're doing triage. They are going to talk to the people who are most in need before they talk to the people who aren't who don't have as high of a need for a short sale. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier you said that a home buyer uh, I'm sorry, a homeowner uh should seek the assistance of an attorney or and tax accountant and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. What at what point or what stage in their default process would you recommend they do that? Words, I recommend they I recommend that they start with an attorney as soon as they realize that they're in trouble on their loan. Um, it may be before they miss the first payment. It might be after they've missed one or two payments. Um, but they should do it very early on so that they can find out what their options are. There are many, many options out there for ho- homeowners who are in distress, and short sale um, is not the only one. 
and there are ways to prevent foreclosure and there are ways to negotiate with your lender and there are ways to get out from under that don't include um, a short sale and in order to know what methods are available to you individually you really need to consult with an attorney to find out okay now I know a lot of homeowners may be reluctant to consult with an attorney because they they feel as though they're having financial troubles that they can't afford an attorney. Uh, is there any attorneys or that provide pro bono work to, for for the homeowners who are facing for I mean home yeah homeowners who are facing uh, absolutely. There, um, my experience is that most attorneys in today's economy, most attorneys will do an initial consultation on these types of matters at no charge. Um, those attorneys who are charging are charging a very nominal amount of money. There are also a number of pro bono organizations and nonprofit organizations that um, have appeared on the horizon where a lot of attorneys are working with these programs in order to advise people. Okay. Now, uh, would you be at liberty to mention some of those now, or maybe if not, you can give us your contact information later so they can contact you? Um, about um, those sure. In the state of Maryland, the main the main source in the state of Maryland is a program called Civil Justice Inc. And they operate out of Baltimore, and they have a program where they are actually working with the Maryland Bar. Um, and all attorneys barred in the state of Maryland have been requested to participate in this program and offer their services. Um, there are also a list of nonprofit organizations on the um, on the website for the Department of Labor and Licensing for the state of Maryland um, as to organizations that are available to help out with the situation. Okay, excellent. Now, you have a, um, a number or uh, uh, contact information for the Civil Justice Inc.? Um, I don't have it with me at the moment, um, but if you Google Civil Justice Inc., you can find them very easily. Okay, well, we'll make sure that we get that posted for our listeners later on in the conversation. Thank now, you. now that we talked about short sales, what other options um, are available for homeowners uh, that may want to keep their home, that's trying to keep their home, because that's a uh, disposition or that's a disposing of their home, but what they want to keep their home? Do you, are you familiar with options available for them? I am. There are many programs available for people to get a loan modification, and a loan modification is where the lender changes the terms of your loan in some manner or another in order to reduce the amount of the monthly payment. Um, it, it's a difficult process. It's not easy. Again, oftentimes the lenders are going to want, want to see that you've missed a payment or two before they'll talk to you. Simply, again, the triage issue. Um, However, it's it's very doable and it's a very possible thing. Um, another alternative that we are recommending to a number of our clients is bankruptcy. There are ways of utilizing a bankruptcy in order to um, save your home and be able to get your loan your loan payment reduced through the bankruptcy system. Okay, now just to give some. Clarity on that, because that's actually an interesting uh, proposal there. Uh, you're saying that there is a ways that they can actually utilize bankruptcy to actually stay in their home and at the same time make their, their uh, mortgage payment even more affordable for them? Um, yes, there is. Um, I'm not a bankruptcy attorney, although we do have bankruptcy attorneys in our firm. Um, but So I can't really speak to the specifics of how this works, but there are ways of filing for bankruptcy where, A, you might be able to get your lenders to uh, work out a modification with you um, in the bankruptcy proceedings. Um, but, but more common is the ability to what we call strip the second mortgage. And because there is no, no equity in the property to support um, security status for that second mortgage, the the security status of that mortgage goes away, and that debt may get discharged in bankruptcy. And again, it depends on your circumstances. It depends on what chapter you file um, in bankruptcy, and and there are certain eligibility requirements that need to be met in order to be able to do these things. 
Okay, and they can seek an um, attorney or they can contact you to get more information about that, correct? Absolutely. Okay, well, now that we've talked about short sales, we talked about um, some of the foreclosure prevention um, solutions. What about the um, foreclose? They decide, let's talk a little bit more about now they they weren't, they were denied a short sale for whatever reason, and they were denied a loan modification. So now they're just pretty much faced or looking at the only opportunity of a foreclosure. And what options are available for them in that context? Um, in that context, most of the time, bankruptcy is going to be somebody's best option. Um, again, not always. It depends on the circumstances. But when you file for a bankruptcy, it appears on your credit report, but it wipes out anything prior to that bankruptcy. So all of your late and missed payments would get wiped out off of your credit report. Um, it also, if you have filed the bankruptcy, then the foreclosure proceedings do not necessarily show up on your on your credit report. So you end up with a fairly clean credit. And the nice thing about bankruptcy is that it's intended to give somebody a fresh start. So, yes, the bankruptcy is going to come in and it's going to show up on your credit report, but it's going to freeze your credit score where it was. So if you went into bankruptcy with, say, a 600 credit score, your credit score is going to stay at 600. It's not going to drop lower. And then what will happen is that as you rebuild credit after the after the bankruptcy, your credit score will gradually go up. And how quickly that happens is going to depend on you and, and what you do. Okay. Now, let's talk about some of the work that a home buyer can actually, uh, what would you recommend they do to even avoid um, making sure they get the deal done properly? I'm saying as a settlement attorney, you provide uh, assistance in this area. So what advice would you give a home buyer who actually is about to buy a home to possibly avoid all this down the road? Um, for one thing, I recommend that home buyers get legal advice through the process. Your real estate agent and your loan officer are great, and they're very knowledgeable, and they're going to be able to help you to a very, very long degree. However, um, there's nothing like legal advice, and an attorney will be able to help you work through negotiating your contract in terms that are going to work out best for you. Um, they're also going to be able to help explain to you some of the loan terminology and some of the loan documents that you're presented with. Oftentimes, our loan officers, as knowledgeable as they are about their products, they're not always real good about explaining what the documents are or how the loan programs work. So I highly recommend that somebody retain the services of an attorney to help them work through all of this paperwork and um, legal complication. But the main thing is just educate yourself. The main thing is to be knowledgeable about the kinds of loans that you're taking out and what, how much of a house you can actually afford. What got a lot of people in trouble um, a few years ago is that they were actually buying houses that they couldn't really afford because the loan programs that were out there were so attractive um, and they didn't understand the actual terms of the loan. Okay. Now, uh, one other quick question for you as well. Mm -hmm. Now, if a, going back to the homeowner's uh, perspective, if a homeowner uh, decides that they want to work with a, an attorney, is there a way that attorney can help or assist them with avoiding the foreclosure or and say within a home that attorneys can do by examining some of their paperwork? Because, um, again, there is a lot of talk uh, you know, over the past few months about robo-signatures and just processing the foreclosure paperwork without really making sure that it was notarized. Can you speak to that a little bit? That uh, Are there any options for homeowners who maybe have a look into that, see that's possible um, foreclosure prevention option? Um, it is. It depends, Again, everything, everything in law depends, and I keep saying that. Um, the... If you are facing foreclosure, if you've received documents from an attorney's office indicating that you are facing foreclosure, you should definitely seek legal advice. Um, oftentimes, the procedures, the proceedings may not be being handled in a proper legal manner. 
in which case, yes, you can avoid going through the foreclosure process. Um, the, the, the question is, are you prolonging an, an inevitable or are you actually avoiding foreclosure? Because if you're not making your mortgage payments, you're going to end up facing foreclosure at some time in the future anyway. On the other hand, if there are problems with the legal process, you might be able to gain leverage in working with your lender in order to get a modification of your loan. So I very highly recommend that people get legal advice when they're facing foreclosure to find out whether or not the proper legal process is being followed in order to protect their rights as best they can and see whether or not they may be able to stay in the home. I actually have had people come to me who should not have been foreclosed on. And the reason that they were facing foreclosure was because of errors on the part of their lender. And hmm. instead of fixing the instead of fixing the errors, the lender has proceeded to foreclosure and we were able to step in and point out to the lender that they didn't particularly have the right to foreclose and get the problem fixed and keep the people in their home. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Nancy, would you be um would you have any kind of words of advice or tips would you recommend to homeowners um in this last segment here? Um, I think the ba- main thing that I can tell you is that if you're trouble, look for help. Um, I know it's very scary and you start getting calls and you start getting letters and you're going through this collection process, and it's very, very scary. But the best thing that you can do for yourself is go out and seek professional help and find somebody who can help you get through it because you may be able to stay in your house, or even if you can't stay in your house, you may be able to get out from under with with less damage. Okay. And, Nancy, would you mind uh, sharing your contact information for our listeners in case they want to contact you with any additional questions they may have? Absolutely. Again, my name is Nancy Gussman. It's G as in George, U, S as in Sam, M-A-N. And my telephone number is 301-588-8100. Again, that's 301-588-8100. And my email address is ngussman at monterolawgroup.com. That's M-O-N-T-E-R-O-L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P.com. And thank you, Nancy. Thank you for your taking the time to be on King Street, and we appreciate all the wonderful advice that you've given our listeners today. Sure. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Okay. Well, listening audience, thank you all for listening to um, King Street thus far. You've heard from a mortgage lender talk about some of the possibilities uh, of rebounding from a foreclosure or a short sale in a property. We've talked to a settlement attorney. He gave us some legal advice as far as things you can do to stay in your home and how hopefully avoid the uh, inevitable foreclosure or short sale. Uh, Nancy mentioned uh, contacting an uh, attorney. I would also like to add to that that you also contact a HUD-approved nonprofit counseling agency to get uh, free advice as well. Sometimes they tend to be... Um, uh, as far as overworked and it may be some difficulty in getting through, but I recommend that you do that as well as, as Nancy suggested, contact a, a attorney. And there's plenty of pro bono solutions out there for you that you can utilize. As she mentioned, the Civil Justice Inc. Uh, mortgage Fraud Prevention Project, they exist. Uh, you can Google that or we will have that posted on uh, King Street's radio blog Facebook site and you can get more information there. So now we want to transition to talking to our actual real estate broker, talk about uh, homeowners who are just interested in selling their homes and what they would be facing as far as with the current real estate market in the D.C. metropolitan area, what the current landscape looks with them as far as those that as an option. And today we have, we're excited to bring a real estate broker by the name of Rich Rudy. Hello, Rich. Welcome to King Street. Hey, Christopher. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Good to have you. Rich, would you mind giving your company name and a quick bio as far as uh, letting our listeners know who you are? And... Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Rich Rudy. I am the broker owner of the Pinnacle Real Estate Company. Uh, it's a real estate company that I established back in 1990. Uh, I have about 25 years in, in the real estate uh, business. Uh, 
our company services the the Baltimore Washington uh, marketplace. So uh, we have kind of a handle on uh, both the Baltimore and the Washington uh, marketplace. Okay. Now, Rich, you've heard um, our previous two uh, guests talk about uh, from a mortgage standpoint and from a, an attorney standpoint, but Let's first talk about homeowners who are actually interested in selling their house. What advice would you give a homeowner who's interested in putting their house in, and how does the real estate current market look for them as a possibility of getting their house sold for a um, fair and possibly profitable um, purchase price? Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the one thing interesting in having listened to uh, the, the previous speakers, very knowledgeable there there's a lot of power in information so uh you know a, a seller these days uh that may be in a difficult situation because of market values and and their existing mortgage obligations uh first and foremost do need to do exactly what uh, Nancy had had suggested um to explore their options uh obviously the the, the other element uh is is value and how do you, how do you establish value that's that's what you would utilize uh a, a real estate professional to to do um if if you were to engage a uh, an attorney uh, w- one of the key elements um uh, is understanding where your your position is in terms of your obligation in, in relation to the market value so to utilize a real estate professional to make that determination uh is is an is an obvious step now uh in terms of where the market is, not everybody obviously is in a is in a short sale uh, uh, situation. We we do analysis from time to time by going through uh, the multiple list services and uh, and take a look at what the inventories are uh, and what the inventories are in relation to short sales, because the the, the local multiple listing service uh, MRIS uh, requires that you should. Uh, put any party on notice of the potential existence of a short sale if if you are aware of it. So we can actually uh, do analysis and, and look at, for instance, what the percentage of short sales are in relation to the total active uh, uh, listings in, in, in the marketplace. And you know it it, it can range in, in, in obviously depending on geographics. You can take a county, and from within the county there are certain uh, sectors that have much higher uh, than uh, than average uh, short sale uh, ratio, but you know we're we're seeing in the marketplace it could be anywhere from 15 percent to uh, as much as 40 percent uh, in, in in certain areas where there are short sales. Now, uh, so so where is an owner that has an interest in just selling their property, moving on, maybe moving into another property? What, what, you know, how do you compete with the short sale uh, situation? Uh, a, a, you know, a short sale that's offered for sale, it's a very cumbersome uh, process with quite a bit of uncertainty. And one of the things that we are seeing in the marketplace uh, is is that people that are interested in buying. And transacting and doing that in a reasonable period of time may look beyond the short sales because of, of that uncertainty. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, many times you, you really in most instances you'll not know the bank's position on allowing uh, a a sale to occur on a short sale situation until the contract is is prepared, the contract is submitted. A short sale package is submitted on behalf of the seller to the bank so that they can analyze that the, you know their willingness to participate in selling a property short or allowing a property be, to be sold short. So a lot of people are avoiding that because they they, they don't want to wait that out. We've I've personally dealt with um, with clients that that want to buy that have gone through the short sale process. It could take. You could write a contract. It, it, it could take you four months, six months, eight months to to know if if you actually are able to you know purchase and settle settle on the property. So anybody who's interested in selling their property, let's say conventionally, that you're out, you're not within a short sale situation, and that is most people, by the way, um, in in the marketplace. Uh, if you're willing to 
to price your your house uh, at a reasonable market and to to provide uh, you know incentives using the current market incentives financing programs um, which there are many of them out there that that sellers can participate in closing costs uh, as, as a real estate professional we can encourage uh, the buyers to utilize down payment uh, and settlement closing assistance programs. Uh, the conventional type of listing really is uh, probably it's going to be a you know more more demanded uh, you know situation for for a purchaser. Okay, now so with that being said, uh, let's take it back to um, if a homeowner comes into your brokerage and they want to. Um, sell their home. What would be the first thing that you would uh, do? Let's kind of walk that through, them, through that process. Okay. Well, we do what we've always, uh, you know, con- conventionally done. We will will come out, uh, make a physical inspection uh, of of the property, uh, get a good handle on the amenities uh, in in the property, and then we'll take a look at market data. Uh, in other words, we'll do very similar to what an appraiser uh, w- would do, except we we take it one step further. What an appraiser would do is what he would they he or she would determine the value based upon recent settled comparable properties, similar properties that say have settled in the last six months. What a, what we'll do in addition to that is we'll look at what the competition is. So in your particular marketplace. What types of similar properties are, are are you competing with? In other words, if someone, if a buyer was looking at a house similar to yours, what competitive uh, situation would would you be in? The other thing that we that we'll do is we'll look at your house uh, in, a, in amenities condition, and we'll make recommendations to staging, to making the house look the best that it can within you know the financial resources of the seller. That doesn't mean that we're going to go through major renovations, but there could be very minor, subtle things uh, that have a, a large impact on on how a prospective purchaser would look at a property. So we factor all all of those uh, things in and and do what's called a competitive market analysis and um, provide the information to the seller to make a reasonable decision on on what the market value of the, of their property is and. Uh, in this marketplace, I would not ever discourage someone from exploring selling their houses because they've heard of all of all of the the short sale and the, and the driving down of, of of values and and things like that. Because you really have to look at every market uh, segment individually because it's so different. You'll hear national data, and you cannot apply national data to your neighborhood. And uh, and and I'd, I'd be afraid that some people are are doing that, or even statewide data, uh, because you know market to market varies uh, varies so greatly. That's why you utilize a real estate professional, and you get you gain the information. It doesn't cost anything, and you're just brought up to date, you know, regarding where you stand competitively. Okay, well that's very interesting. And um, now I understand that you have a very your brokerage has a very uh, I would say unique way of um, working with um, buyers and sellers and, and handling your real estate transaction. Would you mind talking a little bit about that, please? Well, yes. I, um, you know, w- w- with regard, uh, f- first of all, we, our company is what I consider a boutique real estate uh, sales company. We're very specialized. Uh, we work out of the box, me- meaning that we we can, if we're working with a seller, uh, we do buyer profile and try to determine the you know the, mo- the 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 type of advertising and promotion uh that that we would do in order to give the, the property the best uh, position in the marketplace obviously a lot of that in these days are are using social medias and 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 the internet um, so for instance with our company when you list with us uh, you'll get exposure to 30 major uh, websites, and, and no matter what company that someone would look look to work with in terms of listing, they should uh, you know demand that there's that sort of uh, internet exposure. 85 to 90 percent, and I believe maybe even more, but that's what we've heard statistically of people that are looking to purchase utilize the internet to do so. 
so that, uh, that that's a critical element. And then using so, social medias, uh, Facebook and uh, Craigslist and those sorts of things. Uh, um, some people advertise and promote on eBay just to get the maximum exposure on a property, and it's, it's quite inexpensive. So on the seller side, that's what we do. Uh, on, on the buyer side, uh, we have a little different culture within our company in, in terms of the way that we service uh, our, our buyers. Many buyers today are faced with uh, obstacles in purchasing, which could be limitations in cash. We've all experienced you know, the, the difficult economic times. Uh, could be credit-related issues where they're not – uh, uh, in, an, in a mortgage-ready or approvable uh, situation in terms of what their existing current credit is. So we do the same thing with them that we would do with a seller. And this is, you know, I want to listen to the first part of this program. It was about knowledge and information and gaining that. Well, we can do the same for the buyers when they come into our, into our shop. What they do is that, that, that we find out what their goals are, what, what they want to accomplish in home ownership. This would be whether it's somebody who currently owns a house, or even more so someone that is a first-time home buyer uh, who may may not understand the, the, the home buying uh, process. And we take them through a lengthy uh, educational, uh, education-based process uh, where they're, they're very, they, 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 they gain a, a very solid understanding about what they're entering into, what their options are, uh, and, um, and, 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 and we will encourage them to seek uh, there are many programs, educational programs, that are available locally and through nonprofits, uh, very inexpensive or at no charge whatsoever, uh, that, that they can they can become very uh, you know knowledgeable homeowners. And, and then lastly, with regard to buyers, we make them very active in the process. When somebody engages our organization, our company, we provide them a, a no charge, no obligation, 24/7. Uh, multiple list access point um, where they can use, they can have a higher level of and, and uh, more um, a reasonable level of information uh, in, in while they're conducting their search and they do that in tandem uh, you know w w with us it's a mechanism we can actually communicate through that uh, so that they know all of the available options uh, in in terms of uh, uh, you know what's available on the marketplace, and, and that does not only include the multiple list. Um, and you know, when somebody engages us, we, we provide them. There are properties available through HUD. Um, uh, there's there's a, a program through Fannie Mae. They they uh, own property, uh, and and they they create incentives uh, for for buyers, um, which for instance might be no mortgage insurance. Um, you know, which is which is a, is a money a cost savings uh, component on, on your uh, on your monthly payment. So we make available all the properties, not, not necessarily the the ones that are simply readily available on the multiple multiple listing service. Okay, now, uh, Rich, what kind of advice would you like to give our um, homeowners uh, as it relates to um, just real estate and market conditions, and just thinking about? possibly selling their property, what, what advice would you want to give them? Um, the, the glass glass is not half empty. It, that, that's where I'm going to start. It, you know, the, we all believe that uh, we, we've, you know, we, we had an incredible run, and it was a false uh, market that, that drove the prices up. And, and then we've experienced a tremendous reduction in, in, in prices. And I, and I, I think we're at or near the, the the bottom, and but but in that process, the, the downturn. Everybody's heard how difficult things are, and how you can't get a mortgage, and you and you know and prices have dropped, and are they going to drop further, and 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 that sort of thing. And it's all quite negative. The, the the first piece of advice: it costs nothing to to examine the opportunity for home ownership or for selling your house. That information you can obtain, you can become very knowledgeable about your situation so that you can do something about it. So the, the advice that I would give is, first, don't assume that it's all bad news. And secondly, get the information that you need, whether you're a buyer or a seller, to be an educated purchaser or seller. And that information is readily available through real estate professionals like 
the use of my company, uh, the, the use of uh, you know Nancy's uh, company or Jarriot. Um, uh, these are all these are all professional related businesses that you, you can obtain good information to make your decision in buying and selling. Okay, and would you mind providing your contact information for our listening audience, please? Uh, sure. W- once again, my my name is Rich Rudy. Uh, my company is the Pinnacle Real Estate Company. Uh, our website is www.pinnacle.res.com. Dot com. Um, I can be reached on, on a direct line by calling uh, 443-506-0566, and I'd be glad to take uh, anyone's call anytime. And uh, I can be reached directly on email at rp, as in Paul, rprudy at verizon.net. Okay, Rich, thank you very much for being on King Street. We appreciate all the valuable advice and perspective you've given us and shared with our listening audience today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. Well, listening audience, in our last two minutes, I could sit here and talk about uh, credit tips so that if you're facing or interested in uh, improving your credit, here are some tips that you can utilize that are quick and free. Number one, you want to... Pay down the balances on your high credit cards. You want to bring your credit card balances down from the credit limit to about 30% of what your limit. So you want to keep your balance around 30% of that. The second tip you want to do is you want to to go out and establish new trade lines. New trade lines basically are any kind of credit you can establish. Uh, Some of the best trade lines to establish would be secure credit cards. Uh, the difference between a secured credit card and what's called an unsecured credit card, which is really a regular credit card, is that you are actually depositing money into an account to secure that credit card with that money. So, for example, if you were to uh, deposit $500 into an account, then you would receive a credit card with a credit limit of $500. And then you would go about and use that credit card just as you would normally use a credit card. That's one of the quickest ways to establish credit. Also, you want to begin to never close an account um, that you have a good payment history with. Uh, Payment history is 15% of what your credit score, and it's important that you have long-time or long-term accounts with good payment histories. You don't want to close any of those accounts. Uh, Fourth rule, you want to go out and you want to begin to, of course, pay your bills on time. Make sure you pay your bills on time as, as you can. Uh, most lenders want to see 12 months payment history. And so those are the four credit tips we want to share with you all today here on King Street. We're going to bring the show down to a close. Again, I'm your host, Christopher King. My company name is Realty Resolution Services. That's Realty Resolution Services. My contact information is www.rrshelps.com. www rrshelps.com and my contact number is 301-433-4147 lastly email address info at rrscredit.com again info at rrscredit.com thank you listening audience for listening to another edition of King Street